Amen. Amen. There's a lot going on at Elevate Life Church. Don't miss our pastor, Charles Neiman, uh, will be here June 23rd. So you do not want to miss that. That will be on a Thursday. That's right, Thursday. So if you're doing something, cancel and be here. All right, he's going to come, and he's, a, he's, a, he's awesome. He's a great guy, and, and he's, he has a word for us, and you do not want to miss that. Let me just reiterate a few announcements. I don't want to take too long. But I also want you guys to continue to pray for Pastor Sergio. He is right now in Indonesia. All right, he is not like across the street, but he is out across the, the ocean. So uh, pray for him uh, as God uses him in, in everything. They got him doing everything. Some of the stuff that he used to do as a youth pastor, they're bringing it back. So he's doing a lot right now. So keep praying for him. Keep praying for Pastor Tina, Little Serge, uh, Selena, and Diego as well as, they're, as, they're, as Pastor Serge has gone. And also, let's continue to pray for Pastor Vince, who's in the Dominican Republic. Be with him and Wanda as well as she, she stays behind. So there's a lot. The Lamone brothers are doing their thing across the country. So they're doing it. <clears throat> also, for those of you that have been asking, I've been getting blown up. <clears throat> uh, I don't know why I'm going, <clears throat> but <clears throat> um, next Sunday at 9 a.m. is our first day of our first steps class. Our first day of the first steps class. So if you want to know more about what the vision is of the church and if you are want to get a little bit more deeper on, like, why we do certain things, what is offering, what, what's water baptism, who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what does it mean to give your life to Christ, what happens next. If, you want, if you're interested in getting a foundation, uh, come to our classes. That starts this Sunday, I mean, next Sunday at 9 in the morning. And we meet in D, I think it's 16 if I'm not mistaken, right, D16. Amen. So I like that. D16. Um, also, don't forget to sign up for the new members. It's coming up. VBS, we need your help because we love the kids. Anybody love the kids? <clears throat> All right. If you have kids, especially, bring your kids, let them run around, and you help. Okay? Even if you don't have kids, you come and help someone else's kids. All right? So we need your help, man. We need people like you to be out there. The community comes. And we need people that look like you, that smell like you, that smile like you, and they have teeth like you, teeth, to smile at kids. So please come through, sign up in the back, talk to Chris and Aubrey about that. And um, also, baptism sign-ups are in the back. Uh, if you want to get baptized, that's going to be July 10th, and um, space is not limited. So you can sign up for that, okay? So without further ado, um, I want to introduce to you guys, this is a, a very good friends of Pastor Sergio and, and, and I, and, um, and also of Pastor Tina. Um, I'm sorry, what's going on? You guys need, you going to do something? You going to dance? Oh, my bad. Okay. <clears throat> um, anyways, they're, they're pastors of Innovation Church, and they've, for those of you guys that went to the Marriage Awakening, they were a huge impact to all of our lives that day. Any, any couples that went, right? Man, and I can't wait for to hear what he has to say, and God's going to do great things. And, and also, Jessica Fielding reminded me, Pastor Lance and Lori were the first pastors, honestly, to pray for the team. They kind of launched us into what we call Elevate Life. We went to their church, Pastor Sergio preached, and they prayed for us. And here we are. So, so it's an honor and privilege to introduce to you guys Pastor Lance. This morning, let's give it up, Pastor Lance. Oh, thank you. You can do better than that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I got a, I got a towel. Got some water. Got some gum. I'm dialed. This right here. Save this for date night. You just never know. Marriage awakening, somebody. Just keeps getting gooder and gooder. How many of you went to the awakening? Come on. How many of you still awake? Come on. Keep that fire burning, right? Yeah. All right. Off topic here. I'll invite my wife real quick to make a way up here. I want to introduce her. My way, way, way better half. And uh, you can agree with that. Yeah. And, and here, do this. We'll share the mic real quick. Just say hello to them. And, uh, 
Good morning. We just love being here with you all. We just feel like family. We love this house. We love Sergentina and the amazing team of staff that's here that love people, champion people, encourage people, and believe in people. Sergentina have um, championed and believed and encouraged us many, many times. So we just love you all so much. And I grew up here in South Sac, so it just blesses my heart to see this church just thriving and growing and loving on people. So I love you guys so much. Praise God. (laughs) Man, Pastor Tito, happy birthday, man. Feliz Navidad, my brother. (laughs) Pulling it all out today. If I can come down a little bit, guys, and thank you so much, and make me sound like T.D. Jakes, and we're good, man. We are good. Hey, uh, man, I was thinking, you're up there doing announcements. I was like, man, if I had his beard, if I had his beard and Eddie's hair, I'd be the perfect man. I'd be the perfect man, but... (laughs) But I don't, man. So seriously, man, happy birthday to you, man. I believe uh, you're in the shallows of the greatest season of your life, man. And as you've been faithful, get ready, get ready. I've watched for years now because you're an OG here. You know that, right? And, uh, you know, you've served your pastor so well. And I know God really digs that kind of stuff. And so get ready, man. Huge blessing coming your way. In fact, let's do this. Who, who was part of that team we prayed for a long time ago? Once upon a time. Yeah, stand up real quick. Stand up, man. You guys, come on. Give them a hand. Come on. Now, they're the, they're the OGs, the Elevate Life OGs. Now, it's important because, you know what, they paid a dear price for what you're receiving today. Do you know that? I mean, they were the forerunners, you know, pioneers. Anytime you pioneer anything, the pioneers are on the front end of a movement, and, and they pay a price that the others don't have to pay. So, man, I am, I'm excited to see what God is doing. I love coming back. I love hearing. I love, I love FB. That's Facebook. Yeah, I, I, can, I stalk you all on Facebook. And I feel like I'm part of your church. I feel like I'm in the membership class. I feel like I know your core values. And, and I'll tell you what, but we love your pastor so very much, Pastor Serge and Tino. And uh, Tino, 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 Tina. I was trying to mix words. Tina, Pastor Tina. And, you know, there, there's, there's, there's friends and then there's friends. And they're friends. And, uh, and uh, we just love them to death, and, you know, and it's fun to do life with people that you love doing life with, right? You don't have to put up with them. You love doing life with them. How many of you got some people in your life you just got to put up with? And then they, no. <laughs> How many of y'all sitting next to them right now? You're like, that's you. <laughs> no. But we love doing life with them, and it's, you know, just walking through different seasons with each other, ministry and family. But I love, you know, is we can just go do sushi and just talk about life and not even talk about ministry, just have fun and, and all that stuff. So we love them, and I, I am so excited to, to be here today and, you know, and uh, counting down the days for this. And, you know, as Lori said, we grew up here. I grew up part of my life here. Went to seventh grade here at Rudder, and, uh, and uh, so that was a long time ago. And, um, but then I grew up. Um, in Elk Grove, so so I forgive you. I forgive you, if you and uh, so that was a big rivalry back then. And my wife went to Valley High School. Any Valley, yeah, yeah. Forget you, forget you. And for, see, I I went to Elk Grove. Anybody from Elk Grove? Anybody? There's like nobody. You're not going to claim it now, right? All right. Leave me up here hanging, right? Well, then forget you too, man. And uh, but it's fun to come back here, man, and to see you know. Uh, actually, there's nobody here from Innovation Church. This is my family. We're rolling deep. This is all my family, and yeah, and they live right here in this whole area, you know, and, and, um, and so they're here, and I love coming. I, you know, you go out, we go out often, and, and, you know, we don't know anybody except the pastors that invited us sometimes, so it's nice to go somewhere and, and get to have a, you know, reunion with your family, and uh, I have my sister here and her husband Dave and their kids, and yeah, that was for the, the baby, not any of us. And I got my mom in the house. Come on, mom in the house. Yeah, yeah. She, she's single. I tell her, I tell her all the time, go get me a, a rich stepdaddy that loves Jesus. So, 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 somebody needs to fund the ministry. Come on, somebody. I mean, someone needs to pay the bills up. And, and, and so I tell her, so if you're single, I'm just kidding. Anyways. And uh, I'm a blessed man. I got two mamas, and Diane Limp is like another mom grew up, and, and she's like, she's been here before because her son, maybe you know him, Chris Limp went to Valley High School. We grew up together in the same block, um, and uh, same neighborhood, went to Kennedy Elementary School together, and since like four years old, part of our life, part of our family, and, 
And so it's so awesome to have you here. My son Nate is here. He's from, um, well, he's from, he's from Lodi. And, um, <laughs> but he's abandoned us for a quick minute. He's in North Dakota playing football, and, and he's back. So for a quick minute, we have our whole family together, which is pretty cool, man. The Kaufman Five reunited, and it feels so good. All right, anyways, for, and my son Nick, he's, uh, he's, he's at home with us and still, <laughs> still, I didn't mean it that way, we love him being home with us and, and th- therefore he's our favorite child. He has not left us, and, but he's an entrepreneur, started his own business, inspireware.org, write it down, check it out. Um, I think he even brought, I'm actually his plus size model, <laughs> I'm just saying, and uh, I think, you know, uh, we're from, you know, uh, being from Stockton, we can break the rules when we're in South Sac, so he'll be slinging shirts out of the back of the trunk right after service, right? And uh, yeah, he, he travels with Square, and, and uh, you know, he has Square, right? You guys, just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. If you, if you want to make history, change the rule, this shirt's for you, and uh, you will have a higher place in heaven. Got my nephew, we call him G, and... Uh, and so that's our, that's our crew here, man. We're excited, so I'm blessed. Amen. So get, do this. Give Jesus a clap of praise. Amen. I, do this. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look good. Oh, you got to say it with some, tell him you look good. You've got a long gate to, ooh, you look good. You look good. Now, now turn to your second choice, your second choice, and tell him you look good too. You say, all right, no one's left out here. And if you're married to that person, you can give them a kiss if you want. That's okay. And if you want to be married to that, anyways, don't do that. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Oh, you know that song. <laughs> altar call. Cheeto, let's have an altar call, man. They're acting all holy, man. We don't know that song. We swear we never don't know that song. Yeah, Jesus knows this stuff. How many of you are full of expectancy today? I mean, you really are expecting, expecting God to come and, and do a great thing. And Cheeto hit it so amazingly well. Um, expectancy and hunger are probably the, the, the most powerful forces on the planet. And uh, because what you expect, you will see. I, I love that. How many of you have ever been waiting for a package uh, from UPS or FedEx, right? You're expecting something. Doesn't it make it fun to get out of bed each and every Like, this might be the day that he shows up, and I hear the knock on the door, and you go, and you're looking like a little kid at Christmas out the window. Oh, not today. Then another day comes, and you're looking out the door. That's what expectancy does. And as children of God, we should live every day with amazing exponential expectancy that this might be the day that my promises come to pass, that this might be the day that my dreams come true. This might be the day that I meet the person of my dream. This may be the day. See, we have promises from heaven that produces an expectancy. That causes us to get out of bed each and every day. And, I, and I, there's so much expectancy in this house. And, and uh, we're just so excited to be here. So much destiny in this house. And, and uh, I, I feel like this morning, I, I'm not going to speak long. How I many you know that's not the truth? <laughs> but uh, some of you believe that for a quick minute. No, I, I, they locked the doors at 12, so we will be quick. And, um, and I'm hungry, so it won't be long. So, And I, I, we're going to lunch after this, so it'll be quick. But I, I feel like I'm here with a specific assignment uh, this morning. I, I feel like um, I have a word uh, for the body. And, and, and um, I, I believe God wants to shake up some, some, some faith in the house. And I know sometimes it's one of those cliche Christian words, you know, faith, faith. But it's our word. It's, it's the, the vehicle that God has given us to see our dreams come to pass. Anybody have some dreams in this house? Anybody have some promises in this house? Anybody ready to see everything God has for this house come to pass for this season? I believe that this morning. And that's why God said, speak this word. And, and I'm going to go back in Mark 10, and we're going to talk about childlike faith for a quick minute. We're going to talk about childlike faith. And there's so much meat in here in this passage of Scripture and I believe there's so much we can pull out of this. We're going to look at, at why would Jesus say such a thing? Mark 10, chapter 13, verses, uh, well, uh, verses 13 through 16. It says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he can touch and bless them. 
but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Let me just pause right there. I have the microphone so I can pause right there if I want to and give you a quick backdrop to that. It wasn't kosher at the time for anybody to bring kids um, to Jesus because kids had no value at that time. They couldn't produce. They couldn't work. Um, they couldn't do anything of value. Uh, so it wasn't, and, and women as well. So it wasn't celebrated to bring women and kids to Jesus. And so uh, what Jesus does next kind of puts it into perspective. And it says this in verse 14, when Jesus saw what was happening, the rejection of the kids, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. I mean, Jesus raised his voice a little bit. It was an injustice. And, and, and there's so much we can pull out of that, but we don't have time. But sometimes to get to the next level of your life, you're going to have to go against what's maybe politically correct. You're going to have to go against the flow. You're going to have to swim against the stream, if you will. And that's what Jesus was doing. Those are dangerous words. Because it wasn't correct at that time, spiritually or governmentally correct, to, to put value or give children time. So he was making a statement here. There's some things that you have to like, dig in and make a stand for that may cost you something. It may cost you your popularity. It may cost you your safety. It may cause you to risk something, even your reputation. And that's what Jesus was doing. He's like, look, they have something that we need. So he put value and he shifted that. I believe we're going into the, to the, a season where we, the people of God, we're going to have to break some of the, 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 the religious traditions if we're going to really see the, the full measure of what God has for us. What I'm saying is this. We're going to have to get out of, out of the box that people have taught us to live in and stay in. I, I believe that there's a move of God coming to this city and this region through this house uh, that we're going to have to do some things differently, think some things differently in order to see some things differently. How many of you are ready for a move of God that would sweep through this city in Jesus' name? If that's you, give him some praise. So he's saying, you know what? You may have to break some rules, not house rules. I'm not talking about getting all buck wild up in here. Don't do that to your pastors. Don't do that. But I'm talking about we got to get untamed a little bit. we got to get untamed, break some of those shackles, and, 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 and live the life that God has called us to live in its fullest. So he says, don't stop them. For the kingdom of God, and this is really what I want to hit, for the kingdom of God uh, belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. There's so much power in that. He's like, but what our Western mind does when we read that, we automatically draw a line in the sand and we're looking the, uh, to the eternal kingdom. That's where we already went. And, we read, and I, I'm pretty sure most of us think, oh yeah, eternity with Jesus. But, but when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he really broke it down real simple. He says, it's not hard. This is how you pray. Remember that prayer? He says, this is, he even said it, this is how you pray. Like, I will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't it? He prayed that. He says, pray and establish the kingdom here on earth. He didn't say, wait until you get up to heaven and experience the kingdom. Jesus, the founder of our movement, he said this, you pray the kingdom come and you establish the kingdom here on earth, right? He, he makes it real simple. What does that mean? It means this, the realities of the kingdom of heaven when established here on earth, become the reality of earth. And he was saying, you need to pull down heaven, establish heaven here on earth, and, and, and you're going to see the kingdom come. Now, now, how many of you want to see the fullness of the kingdom? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, even when I say that, I'm not talking about just people getting up and walking out of wheelchairs. That's awesome. But I'm talking about some of the, the greatest miracles and, 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 and marriages restored. I mean, that's a great miracle. And, 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 and seeing you know, families come back together and reconciliation and, and all that stuff. And he was saying this. He's saying there's an aspect of the kingdom that you will never see unless you put on faith like a child. And he was establishing something here. So I want to erase that line between up there and down here. How many of you want to see a move of God? We've got to erase that line and understand our job is to pull down heaven and establish an establish this, uh, uh, aspect of heaven here on earth called the, called the kingdom. And then the, the, the reality of the kingdom becomes your reality here on earth. How many of you think... You need or know you need a, a, an upgrade in your reality. Amen. When you establish the kingdom here on earth, that, that's upgrading your reality. Amen. I'll get to that in a minute. So he establishes that, and he, and he makes it clean. I mean, I want to read this again real slowly here uh, to make sure we get this. 
He says, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. It's all about receiving, not acting like a child. He's not, how many of you know some childish folks? How, you, how many of you married? Never mind. <laughs> don't answer that. Don't answer because you'll need a marriage, marriage awakening next year. You can sign up right now if you answer that. Uh, but, you know, he's not saying act childish. He's saying approach the throne like a child. It's all about the approach uh, to the things of God. And, uh, and, and that's going to be key because we're going to look at kids in a minute. So he says that. He establishes that. And so let's look down here. And I want to um, just throw some thoughts at you. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Why would he reduce it down to, to a childlike faith? Why would he say, approach me with childlike faith? Why would he say that? I think in order to answer that, we've got to look at children. And I just want to dissect children for a minute. Not literally, but I want to just look. <laughs> You're like, He's, get the kids. <laughs> but I want to look at their life. I want to look at them for a minute. Some of these things we overlook because it's really, it's really so simple. The first thing I want to I want to just throw out just some I'm going to throw out a few thoughts and see if they land and see what happens because I really believe God is speaking to some people. I, I really I'm the, I'm the dream guy and, and when I go people often say talk about the dream and stuff and I believe how many dreamers do we have in the house? Yeah. Like 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 raise your hand, wave it in the air like you care because you care. You have a dream uh, that matches the size of your God. Amen. Yeah. I mean if you're yeah, big big God big dreams. Amen. And, and so you have some dreams up in here, and, 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 and God is, you know, inviting you to a new season, a new level in your life, and you want to see dreams come true. But it's so sad that most dreamers take their dreams to the grave with them, never seeing their dreams come true. Well, you have to understand, you know what, a father, he is the ultimate dream giver. His language is the dream. He speaks the dream through the dream, gives us the dream. In fact, the dream is the universal language of heaven. He gives us these dreams because he, he loves us and he's a good daddy and he wants us to experience the fruit of our dreams come true and I see so many people frustrated they've got a dream in their heart they got a promise in their life but yet they, they get up every day and, and get you know and, and go through a year and the only thing that ever changes year from year is their age and their weight but yet they've got they've got the tension of the reality and the uh, and, and the dream that they have alive in them and so I really want to dedicate this season of my life to help as many dreamers that I can possibly t touch and reach and talk to and help connect uh, the dots from A to B and see them actually not just carry a dream, but step into their dream, step into their next level. How many of you are okay with that? And so I really see some aspects here, some practical things uh, that God has given us through the life of children that will help you uh, get to the next season or, or for what's to come. What's, the, what's a dream? I'll tell you, my definition of a dream is this. It's invitation. They're invitations from heaven, from God to his sons and daughters. It's, it's, it's heaven inviting us to partner with, with heaven, to partner with the Father, to shift things here on earth. So he gives us a dream of what could be and what should be, and he plants it in our spirits. Right? He plants it in our spirit. So let's, let, let's, let's look at this. The first thing is this. Why would we look at children? It's because children take their daddy's word for it. Children take their daddy's word for it. There was a time in my life when my kids were younger, right? And, and they were small. They were like three, four, five, and six. And, and I mean, they, they, like, I could tell them the sky is falling. And they'd get under the bed because they believed the sky was falling. I can tell them whatever I wanted to tell them, but because I was their dad and I had that position and that authority in their life, they believed whatever came out of my mouth. Now, they've grown up and figured out, Dad, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> but we have a little girl, you know, she's 11, and she's still at that point where, like, like, I have to be careful because she still believes everything that I say. She believes the words that come out of my mouth. What would happen if we stepped back or approached, let's say it this way, we don't want to go back. We sung about going back. We're not going back. But we proceeded forward, right, towards the things of God. And we actually, as sons and daughters of God, we believed Daddy. We took him at his word. What would happen if we really begin to, to take him at his word? What's that mean? We believe what he said. What would happen if we, if we truly believed that he would do everything he said he would do? 
What would happen if the church really latched into the promises of God and said, you know what? We're not just like talking about taking a city, but, but we really believe God can take a city. Well, I mean, what would happen if we really took daddy at his word? Well, it's his word. It's his promises over your life. It's his promises over your marriage, over your relationship with your kids, over your finances, over this house, over this ministry, over your ministries. What has the father spoke to you in regards of what he's called you to do? What happened if we believed him? What happened? There was a time, you know what, when, 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 when I, because I said so, still had tremendous power, right? I remember as a kid growing up, and my dad would say something, or, you know, and, and hey, take out the trash. Why? Because I said so. Enough said. No, you didn't, you didn't come at me. I want you to win a city. Why? Because I said so. I want you to pray for your family. Well, why? They're all jacked up. Because I said so. I, I, I want you to believe bigger for your finances. But God, you, you, I know where you're at, but because I said so. See, like, like, like God is releasing promises over this house. Like right now, because my prayer was this, that as I spoke, that the Holy Spirit would come and impregnate you with promises of heaven. So big, they would even scare you in your seat. And you look towards heaven with like the question look in your eye. And God would say, because I said so. Because I said so. How many of you believe the promises on this house are, are, are big? Because he said so. And so as a kid, I mean, it's powerful. Daddy's, we just, we took daddy at his word. You know what the word is? It's the word of God as well. We read the word that is the word. He is the word. How, I mean, he can raise the dead. Why? He said so. He can heal blind eyes. Why? He said so. He can multiply your finances. Why? Because he said so. And I think there needs to be a shift in our position, in our approach. Because he says so. If you, want, if you want the kingdom in your life, if you want the kingdom in reality, you need to shift your approach. You need to approach me like a child. You need to approach me like one of the little ones who still take daddy at his word. I wonder if we as a church believe half of the things we say we believe. Like seriously, I really wonder how many here, and not just here, we won't pick on here, but at my church, because they're not here. Actually, when we say, do you believe we can win our city? And, you know, they're like, yeah. I wonder how many really believe we can win our city. But in the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, you know, we get 1%. That's fine. That's a problem when you've got a promise from heaven that he says, I'm going to give you a city. That's an issue. Because his promise, the invitation was, hey, I'm looking for someone who believes I'm into winning cities. But here's the problem. We're scared to trust Father. Children, children trust their daddy. See, children are naturally trusting, aren't they? Naturally. They trust because they, for most of them, they haven't had a reason not to trust. Their, their trust hasn't been broken yet. They trust in their, their parents. They trust in authorities. They trust in people taking care of them. They trust. It's a natural instinct for a child just to trust. Just to trust. Because it hasn't been broken. But the problem is, is when God gives us a promise over our life, for a particular area over our life, it's hard for us to trust him there because we've lived long, life long enough to have something called a broken trust. But the Father said, if you want to enter into the kingdom, you have to trust him. You have to trust that his ways are truly higher than your ways. You have to trust that his words are for you. You have to trust that the safest place is in his hands. See, children, they, they just trust. They have, they, they'll do anything. They just know that if I, I mean, teaching my kids how to swim, it's like jump, and they would just jump into a potentially dangerous situation. Why? Because they trusted that daddy would be there with, with his hands wide open. And I did what all good dads did. I moved. <laughs> Taught them how to swim. <laughs> You have to wrestle with this. Do I have a problem trusting the Father? Do I have a problem trusting the Father with these promises that he's placed on my life? Because you know what another thing kids do? Is kids, is, is kids they forget quickly. They forget quickly. They don't hold on to stuff. They don't hold on to stuff. I, 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 you know, when, when I was, you know, a kid... 
growing up. You know, we would, we would me, me and her son, we'd beat the living heck out of each other sometimes. Or I'll be spiritual, we beat the holy heck out of each other. Friends, best friends, and like, what'd you say? I remember one time I threw a dirt clot in his eye. Smacked him right here, man. He went home and told his mama. She called my mama. We didn't have cell phones, so it took a minute. She had... But I knew it was coming. You know, five minutes later, we're out playing Hot Wheels again. Forget and forget all about it. I love my little girl. She's 11, you know, and, and how many, we have two boys and a little girl. Girls are different. They're different. They got emotions. Why are you crying? I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. I'm like, don't yell at me. I'm not yelling at you. Yell at me. I'm not, I'm not. It's passion, little girl. It's passion. And, and she has these little friends. They come over and they got the BFF hearts, necklaces. And, and, you know, another girl came over one day. He's like, I want it back. Take my heart back, you know. And I'm like, that's cold-blooded right there. You know, and they're like, man, you know, crying and all upset. And next thing you know, let's be friends. And they're best friends again. They forget. And our family, you know, we're like, dude, she's straight crazy. She mess- she's messing with you. She's not nice. She's mean. Makes you cry. No, I don't. Forgetful. Forgetful. Just I don't remember. It's easier to trust when you don't forget the hurt. It's easier to trust when you don't remember the times it didn't work out. It's easier to, to trust, right, when you don't, you're not holding past experiences in your now moment. See, because here's what happens. The Father invites you to the next level of your life and to the next season, and I believe he's inviting this house to a new season and, and greater levels and to do greater things, and, and I know that over this house. I know your pastors, and I know their heart, and I know their vision, and I know you. I know your heart, and I know your vision for this city. I see what you do, and God is releasing promises all over this place, and he's putting them in your spirit, but oftentimes, and let's take it outside the church for a minute, even in your personal life, even in your personal relationships, even in your money, he's, he's depositing things in you. He's birthing something in your spirit. He's placing a dream in your spirit, but what happens is this, because we've grown up, and we have something called life experience. Anybody have that? They have, yeah, we have life experience, and the first thing that happens is when the Father comes in and puts something in our spirit, we go back to that time when it didn't work out. We go back to that place when we didn't see him the way we thought he would. We go back to that time when he didn't show up the way we thought he should show up. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? Because this is game changer right here. This is, this is not fluffy stuff. This is practical stuff that we can control. But what happens is this. Maybe you've said yes to God before and you entered into one of the hardest seasons of your life. So now when you hear the word obedience, you've got to obey, you automatically hear and feel pain. God's saying, step out and do great things, obedience and, and faith. But the last time you obeyed him and stepped out in faith, you lost everything. So now he's in this moment and he's speaking to you again. I want you to start that business. But the last time I started that business, I, I, I had to file bankruptcy and I lost everything. Or the last time I started that business, and you know what? It was just too much, and, I, and it was just too painful, and I can't go back to that place. So we build this little wall around our life. It's, it's safe, but it's not what it, God asked for us. But because we have pain in the past, and we have these memories, and we have trust issues now, because the last time we dared to dream, it took us to a, a hurtful place. And now some people, it's just safer not to dream because then you don't have to worry about being hurt and let down again. Can I tell you what? I'm living, and my wife and my family and I are living in the, literally the greatest season of our life. And I'm not boasting. It may sound boastful, but it's not. We're living in the greatest season of our life in every aspect of your life, spiritually, right? Uh, you know, um, just God has been good emotionally. Still working on physically. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but we are in the greatest season of our life. We have some of the greatest friends we, a man and woman can ever have. I mean, friend friends. You know, we have people that love us. And, and, and let me tell you, though, it, it came at a great price. It cost us something. In some people's opinion, it cost us everything. 
But remember Jesus went against what was politically correct and said, I'm not playing by the rules. He risked reputation. He risked what people would think about him. He's rebellious. He's lost his mind. What is he thinking? And I remember we were, you know, uh, in a season of our life and, you know, and, and, and we were coming out of, it, uh, out of a, one of the hardest seasons of our life because what preceded this great season was the hardest season. It's the hardest season. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I feel like we're family so I can be transparent with you. You know, when God was inviting us into this new season, we were still holding the broken pieces of a previous season in our hands. And we're holding the hurt and the pain and the like. And I'm going to be real transparent with you because I, I got nothing to hide. There, I was questioning the Father. I was the one like, where were you? Like, like there was this tension. There was this tension between like what he's doing right now and what he's inviting us into or what he was inviting us into. And there was this tension between what didn't happen in the last season. It's like I, 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 I was like, Father, but I stepped out last time and you weren't there. I don't know if you're allowed to talk to daddy like that, but I'm still here, so I felt better. But I'm, I'm being real this morning with you. It's like he had this awesome promise, like if you just step out, and I would go back to this place. But I did step out before, and I did pay a price, and I know the cost of this thing, and I want more, but I've done that, been there, done that. I've got the T-shirt, God, to prove it, and that you weren't there. You, you can talk to the Father. And you might as well just speak it out. It's more therapeutic when you speak it out because he knows your thoughts anyways. So just say it. You'll feel better. And he allowed me just to have a moment with him. Father, this is where I'm at. I'm scared to step out again because last time I dared to dream and chase my dream and step out, my family paid a price. What do you do when God invites you to another season and you say yes to God? I feel like I'm just going to get raw this morning. What, what, do you, what do you do when God says, I want you to step into the season, and you're, you're holding, again, as I said already, the, the broken season in your hands, the broken heart and the emotions and the feelings and all that, and the reality of what didn't happen in your hands. But he's saying, i got something greater for you. I mean, what do you do when you say yes to God, and, 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 and next thing you know, 90% of your church doesn't show up the next week. Can I be real with you? And you come through that and you're like, oh God, you want me to do this? And you're going back to that. What, what do you do when God invites you to a greater season and you're still like, well, people still think I'm messed up from the last season. You know, no one else will ever hear God for you. He says, you've got, to, you've got to forget quickly. Kids don't hold on to it. They trust the Father. But those are realities, isn't it? I talk to people all the time, and they're scared to dream. They're scared to go after because of what didn't happen last time. Can I prophesy over somebody and release something? What didn't, what didn't work last time is going to work this time. What didn't work in the last season is going to work in this season. Can I tell you what? We really haven't done anything different. Like, like we still show up and we still do our, what we need to do and, you know, and God, and it's just like, it's just, it's just, just the right time. And now all of a sudden it's like, I, I didn't change my prayers. I, I, you know, I just stayed faithful. And it was like, we just shifted into this, this season that we're in. You see, because what, what happens is this, we don't understand what God is doing on the other side of our obedience. We can't see that realm. We, we can't see who God is speaking to on our behalf. You can't see who God is speaking to on your behalf. What, what does that mean? Like, like if you've got a dream and some promises and they're from God, then they're bigger than you. But what you can't see is like right now, God could be speaking to somebody on your behalf who would be a, a major piece to the puzzle to see your dream and your promises come to pass. See, we got Elijah and we got Elisha. Elisha, right? He was just working, uh, you know, fields and tenant. He, he, he was, you know, had oxen and, and his day-to-day -day was, I won't go into it, but you know what? It wasn't the best probably job that you can have. I mean, he, he, you know, he would look at the backside of oxen all day, every day. He'd get up and do the same thing. He went home, you know, every day smelling like the backside of oxen. But, but you know, he just showed up one day. He just showed up one day. 
I don't know if he, if he wanted to be there. I don't know if he intended to be there, but he just showed up like he had done before. What he didn't do, we didn't know was on the other side of his obedience just to show up. God was already speaking to Elijah, the, the, the older prophet, on his behalf that he was going to anoint Elisha to be the next prophet. He had no idea. He shows up one day to work just like normal. How do you know half of the battle to see your dreams come true is just showing up into the new season? Just showing up to work. Even show, get this please, just showing up with the, the pieces of a broken season in your hand. Just showing up because you have no idea what God is doing or who he's speaking to on your behalf on the other side of your dream. He shows up to work. He gets in his cart. He sees the oxen, does what he's been doing for years. And next thing you know, someone shows up and says, where's Elisha? I need to anoint him the new prophet. What's that mean? It means his day, his life, his everything, his legacy shifted in an instant just because he showed up. And half of the battles is showing up. So God invites us to this new season, and we just showed up. Still had broken pieces of the last season in our hands. But we showed up, and what we didn't know was God was already on the other side doing some amazing things, speaking to some amazing people. And, and now, you know what? We're in the season of our life. We showed up. But kids, they forget. They forget. They don't hold on. They, they, don't, they don't remember what didn't happen. I'm going to move on. I don't think you like that point. Wouldn't it be horrible if he didn't show up? He would have missed his, his date with destiny. I'm calling in sick. I'm tired of looking at those oxen rears. I'm not going to work. His next level, his next season shows up and he's not there. Where's Elisha? He's not here. Okay. Next. Doesn't that make it fun to get out of bed every day thinking right now God can be speaking to somebody on your behalf? Like the money you need can be on the other side of an email that you don't even know is being sent right now. You don't like that one either, so I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to pat my forehead. Children, they're 100% dependent on their father. Children are 100% dependent on their parents. They just naturally are. They, they, just, they, they just trust they'll meet their every need. How many of you got kids that just, just know that you're going to meet their need? They just, they just, it's built in. You don't have to teach it. They just know that, you know what, I'm going to have food. They just know that I'm going to have shoes. They just know I'm going to have a ride to school. They just know they're going to have clothes on their back. They just know this stuff. It's built in. See, children have this expectancy that, that, that daddy is just going to meet the need. And, and so he's, invite, he's inviting us and inviting us to a greater season. He's inviting us to step into some legacy seasons of our life and to do some great things, you know. But oftentimes, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Now we're going to get real. See, he invites us to the next level of our life, whatever that looks like. He invites us to that. Let me, and I have scripture to prove that he's okay with that. Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who is able, who's him? Father. Right? He's able. God is able. Do you know that? Yeah. What would happen if we really believe that? That would be a game changer. Like, if we really believe the one that called us is able to do everything and anything, that there was nothing truly impossible with him. Well, I mean, we, we would, I mean, our, there would be a shift in our swagger. We can get out of bed the same every day. That would be a game changer. If we really believe that he can do anything, that there was no limitations that he was bound by. It says, to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we would ever ask or imagine according to his power that has worked within us. It's an invitation to an overflow, immeasurable life. And he invites us to step into these seasons. But what happens is oftentimes, and I know you probably don't do this, but they do this in Stockton. As God invites them to, to do something great. And the first thing that people do is they look at what they don't have or what they do have in their hands. And their obedience to follow the Father is contingent upon what they have in their spiritual cover. What do I mean by that? 
It's like, I want you to go plant this church, or I want you to go start this business, or I want you to start this ministry, or, or you can fill in the blank with your own story. I want you, God's saying, I want you to partner with me on this. And the first place we go to is this practical place, and we look in our spiritual cupboards, and I don't have enough money. I don't have the right network. I don't have enough friends. I didn't grow up on the right side of the track. So, God, therefore, I can't say yes to your invite because I don't have what I need. Like, as if God didn't know where you were at and who you are when he invited you to do it so our obedience get this our obedience is contingent upon what we have in our hands and not his hands let me let me flip it now do we trust what's in our hands more than we trust what's in his hands or let me flip it again do we trust what's in his hands more than we trust what's in our hands because the first place we look is at our hands what do i have i don't have enough therefore it must be god saying don't do it If I step out, it's too risky because I may lose everything. If I say yes, you know, uh, it's just going to be too much of a burden. If I say yes, it's bad stewardship because it's going to cost us everything in our account. You want to know one of those freaky moments as a pastor? God said, give away all your building fund. Holy snap. I'm like, what do you do with that? He invites us to a greater season. He invites us to greater levels. He invites us to dream and, and to do these things. But again, our obedience is hinged on the natural realm. And we, and we fail to realize the invitation did not come from the natural realm. It came from the supernatural realm of the kingdom. But remember the prayer Jesus prayed? Pray the kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Establish that. So now we're not saying yes to the natural. We're really saying yes to the supernatural provision of the Father who has everything we'll ever need and more if we say yes. But there's an aspect of the Father, as children of God, we'll never see until we step out. But why don't we step out? Because we don't see what we need or what we think we should have. It's not the right time. And then we hide behind, you know, spiritual words like, it's just, i got to be a good steward. Or we hide behind this one, it's just not the right time and we have to, you know, it's all about timing. Yes, it is. The bottom line is you're scared. The bottom line is this, and this isn't a political statement, trust me, is that your earthly reality trumps your heaven reality. And there has to be a shift. There has to be a shift in your approach and understanding in your mindset that your, your call and your, your invite to greatness isn't based on what you have in the natural realm. It all contingent around who your father is. And our revelation of who he is must be greater than what we have. It has to happen. It has to happen. We have to really believe that the Father has everything I need to step out. He has everything in his hands that I don't have. I wonder how many, how many dreams people have walked away from. And, and let me say it this way. I wonder how many times reality has talked somebody out of dreaming. I wonder how many times reality has talked someone out of starting that business or reality has talked someone out of believing God for restoration in a, in a marriage because, you know, we live in this realistic realm. And I wonder how many times we've done that and we've had people, they probably mean well, get around us that that was a, that was a wise decision. But see, what happens is this, as, as followers of Christ, we, 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 we're great at getting saved, right? We get saved, good, we know how to do that. But what we don't do, I mean, let me say this, we establish heaven, right? But, but what we don't do is we don't establish the new mindset that God says that we're to get, to put on the new mind, the mind of Christ. And so it's not like I'm going to live a life of ignorance, it's not like I'm going to live, you know, this crazy life that, you know, I'm just going to live ignorantly and do, you know, um, childish things or whatever, you know. But, but it's, what happens is when I put on the mind of Christ, it's me merging my mind with the mind of the Father. So now what happens is this, is I have a kingdom mindset that's bigger than the earthly mindset. What that means is this, is that, you know, it may not have made sense in the practical realm, but I'm not there anymore. I'm in a heavenly realm, and my reality is heaven, and it's the kingdom. Therefore, I'm making decisions based on not what makes sense here, but what makes sense up there. That's why God will invite you that, to something great at the time where you feel like you're at the worst place of your life financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and he says, I have this for you you, but you look in the mirror and you go, I'm not there yet. You don't have to be there. You step out and you'll see him. It's real simple. 
It's a simple uh, mathematical equation. Can I give you simple math? This is going to violate all that core stuff. I don't get that core. I mean, one plus one used to always equal two. Not anymore, it don't. I'm like, I don't get it. Right? Hear God plus obey God equals you'll see God. Our job is to establish, did the daddy say do it? Did the father call us to it, yes or no? Well, let us go pray about it. No, that means you, you're just not sure you heard God. It blows up. Did you hear God? Did God say step out? Did God say believe? Did God say start? Did God say finish? We established who's the one that invited. Was it God, yes or no? And if it's yes, you obey him. 100%, you're all in. Let's do it, whatever it is. It doesn't have to make sense in the natural because guess what? You're no longer bound to the natural. Hear God, obey God, see God. But again, if our obedience is based on what we see in the natural, guess what? We'll never obey God. Yeah, that's good. So what's that mean? It means you'll do something in the natural that looks impractical. You'll, you'll, you'll be invited to do something in the natural realm that seems dangerous. God may invite you to do something now, you know what, in, in, in the season of your church that may look risky. I don't know. Because you know what people try to tell us? We're, you know, we're soaking wet. We started Innovation Church about two and a half years ago. You know, soaking wet. I mean, on a, numbers don't matter. But, you know, we're not, we're not you know, super large. We're growing. We're, we're a newer work. And you know what? And we always, we, we don't act our age. We don't act like a church, you know, uh, uh, with our numerical reality. I don't want to grow up and be a big church and do nothing. See, we have an understanding of who our Father is. Therefore, we think, hey, you know, a church of 100, 150, 200, 250, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, if God said go win nations, let's go wait, win nations. Why wait until we get to 500? Why do I say that? Because there's people all the time trying to remind us of how big we aren't. And we just simply remind them of how big he is. Big God, big dreams, big God, big vision. And you guys are getting it done. You guys have a, a revelation of who your father is. You guys are in the Philippines. I, I was texting back and forth with your pastor, you know, Pastor Serge. And I was like, man, you, you straight arrived, my brother. You got police escorts. And I mean, last time I, I seen police car sirens, they were in my rearview mirror, you know. And, uh, and, and they weren't in, introducing me to speak. They're like, put them up. And I'm like, what the heck, you know. Uh, you know, probably, anyways, he's like, yeah. He's like, you went to see the helicopter. I'm like, Where, I'm going with you, man. I will straight carry your bag, man. And, you know, and, and just, you're getting it done. You guys are going to Philippines in September. You guys are doing Easter, you know, uh, uh, outreaches here that, I mean, the whole city talks about. You guys are going after you doing, you know, I know we don't have Halloween in church, but you're having trunk parties and candy parties and all that stuff and going, you know, harvest parties. And you guys are going after. You guys are getting it done. See, what I want to do is come in and, for a quick minute and be on the outside of your inside and say, you guys are getting it done. You guys have a revelation of how big your God is and don't let up. Don't stop. You guys are closer than you've ever been. You have no idea who God is speaking to on, the, on behalf of Elevate Life Church. And everything you ever will need is in his hands. And as long as you obey him and continue to step out and trust him. And don't be, listen, listen. And don't be that person. Well, we're only like 200 people. So what? You serve a huge God who has invited you to win a city. He doesn't care how big, how small. He will respond to obedience. And he's looking for a church that will say, I'll put my whole budget on the line to reach a city. I'll put a reputation on the line to win a city. Come on. And that's you. That's you. You get a clap to that. So they're 100% dependent on the Father. What's that mean? Everything he needs is, you need is in his hands. How do you release it? You step out. Children believe their daddy can do anything. I got a couple minutes. I'm going to speak real fast. You know, if you speak real fast, you get baptized in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then you say, and then you say I should have bought a honor. That's what happens. They, they believe their daddy can do anything. I'm just going to straight talk to you right now for a quick minute. Do you believe your daddy can do anything. See, we can say yes, and we did. The only way to really prove that is what you do outside these walls. How you obey him. Do you really believe your daddy can do anything? I mean, do you really believe that? That there's nothing impossible with your daddy? See, if you believe that, it changes the way you walk like my daddy. And he created everything with spoken word. He declared, let it be, and there it was. Right? Right? 
That's, that's, that's your daddy. That, that's, that's what this thing is all about. Children, they, they just believe their daddy can do anything. And, and here's another thing. When daddy shows up, there's a peace that only daddy can bring. In those scary moments, in those risky moments of faith, there's, there, and I say daddy liberally. I'm not just speaking earthly that, but those, those people, parents, somebody, guardians, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. I hope, I hope you hear my heart. You know, when they walk in, I remember as a little kid, you know what, and, and, and I, would, I would get scared because there was a boogeyman under my bed. And, and he was real, and he had fangs, and he, had, he, he, was, he was there, and, and, and I would get scared at night, and I would hear him breathing. And, and I, I was scared. I remember I would, uh, like, like, Dad! And, and he, would, he acted like he didn't hear me. I, need, I still need counseling from that moment. But, but about after the fifth, Dad! At the top of my lungs, he would show up. Like, what do you want? Oh, Dad, there's a boy. You know, you're scared to put your, let your leg dangle on the other side. <laughs> Justin, he might come up and snatch that thing. Where'd he go? That, that boogeyman. You, yeah. And he would, just, he would just walk in. Instant peace. Just his, his presence is peace. Just being in this risky, scary place. Peace. All of a sudden, I was like, man, my dad can beat your dad. <laughs> right? Because daddy can do anything. He's bigger than the boogeyman. Your daddy's bigger than the boogeyman. You get that? Yeah. He'd bring peace. What, what's that mean? You step out and, you're, and, and it looks scary. You step out and you're not seeing it all work out in that moment like you thought it's supposed to work out. You have every right as a child of God, son, a daughter of God to say, you know what? Dad! And he'll show up. Yeah. God, I need, I need help in my marriage. It's not working out. I said yes to the promises, but dad! And he'll show up. It's okay just to get raw with God and say, Dad, I need you to show up. Because when he comes in and his presence shows up, all of a sudden, guess what? Guess what? You have peace about the finances. You have peace about your marriage. You have peace about your kids. You have peace about your job. And all you have to do is just cry out and say, Dad, I need you. He shows up. And children are empowered by his presence. And I'm done with this. And whoever's coming up and going, tickle those ivories, you can come on up. They're empowered by daddy's presence. You ever see a kid who, who a, a little, like four foot two kid and his daddy's around? Or they're around an authority or somebody they're with? They, they put their, I mean, they act like they're six foot seven. My kids used to do that. Little kid, my dad kicked your dad's butt. I'm like, not his butt, he's big. But there's this, there's this, we feel empowered. Because we think daddy can do anything. And we know he's there and we'll take the risk, we'll jump, we'll, we'll do whatever it is. See, God's calling this house to a greater level of faith. It doesn't have to make sense in your cognitive mind. And in fact, it may just... It may not make sense in the practical. It may even offend your, your what you've been calling common sense. It doesn't have to add up in the kingdom. Do you get that? Why? It's a simple message. Why? Because when he calls you, he's already provided. And there's times where, you know, when he says, I want you to go now. But there's times you say, well, we'll go and we get everything we need and then we'll go we call that the right place and the right time and there is the right place and the right time but I want to say it this way the right place and the right time is when he calls you not when you have what you think you need to win your city or start your business or restore your marriage or restore your family when he says it's time it's time and when the cloud moves you move and oftentimes the cloud moves and we look at our situation and go I'm staying right here because if I go I might lose it all What's the point of today? I want to build your faith for what's to come. I want you to get a revelation of how big your father is in heaven. I want you to understand that when he calls you, you may not have what you have individually and corporately as a, as a family of believers, everything you need in your hands to do what he invited you to do, but you, but you will get it if you step out. 
And as you step out, he will definitely step in. And you'll see an aspect of the Father. In fact, your obedience and your faith to step out to his invitation, it will invoke the hand of God into your everyday life. And the people around you, they'll see an aspect of the Father that, that no one's ever seen. Some of you, your obedience, you know what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to establish your legacy. You're not saying yes for you. You're not obeying for you. Your, your grandbabies and your great-grandbabies and your great-great-grandbabies are the ones that are going to pay the price of the fruit of your obedience today. I think you all have been talking about legacy. Legacy, every legacy starts with an act of obedience. Every legacy starts with somebody saying, you know what? As for me and my house. From this point on. But let me ask you a question. How many of you, you've stepped out before in great faith? You had that romantic moment at the altar and you knew it was God. It was real, man. Like it was real. And you step out and it might be good for a minute. But then the bottom just fell out. It broke your heart. And now the Father's saying, do it again. And it's scary to trust at that level. It's scary to put our entire life in the Father's hands. Is that anybody? I'm just wondering. Did I come to the right church or is this... Let me see, if you, you've tried to dream, you stepped out of faith, raise your hand, and the bottom's fallen out before. Anybody? It's fallen out, man. You have a problem? How many of you feel stuck? Like you just, man, I, I, I know there's more and I just can't get past the right now. I know there's more. I know there's more. How, how many would say, I know there's more, but I feel stuck. I don't know what it is, and yeah. I think... Uh, Cheetah's going to come up for a minute and then we're going to pray for people.